You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to oklahomahof on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Wayhai in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. And let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, host, back with another episode down at... Well, we're down at Thunder Launchpad today. Uh, I'll turn my volume up so you can actually hear me. We are down in Oklahoma City um, at the Thunder Launchpad. Uh, I've been here once before to record with Erica and Chris. And I walked in this morning and walked back to their old space. So the people were like, who are these randoms? Who's this random guy walking in for a podcast? Uh, so I, uh, yeah, walked in the wrong door this morning. But we are here um, with Anna to talk about um, Vita Bars. Right? Did I say that right? Yes, Vita Bars. Okay, cool. So uh, thanks to Hedy, we met um, wow, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was, it bef- was it before Christmas? It's been a while. I think it was right before Christmas. Because yeah, yeah. you were busy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I walked into your manufacturing facility up in Guthrie, and all I just saw was just these orders, streams and streams of paper, <laughs> which were orders for you, which is great to see for any business to have orders coming in. And you were frantically you know, busy packing stuff, which is always great. Um, but before we dive into kind of the, the, the bars that you have and, and around sustainable healthcare, sorry, sustainable hair care. Tell me a little bit about you. What's your story? What's your kind of Oklahoma story? And, and how did you, you know, end up in Oklahoma and, and have a manufacturing spot in Guthrie? Yeah. So like you, Mike, I am an immigrant to Oklahoma. I was born outside of the country, born in Mexico, in Chihuahua, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And we came here when I was about seven years old. Um, I've lived here in Oklahoma City, Edmond area most of my life. Um, but I have gone back to Mexico a few times in, during my childhood and um late teen years um but i mean i'm pretty much an okie yeah. <laughs> um but of course i stay very true to my uh roots and uh go home all the time like a few times a year um I never imagined I would be an entrepreneur it was not my goal i never knew anything about it um but I'm a solutions-driven person. I saw a problem that wasn't being solved, so I went for it. My background is in HR. 
I was working for uh, a huge corporation in their HR team. Um, I actually finished my master's degree as I launched my company right at the beginning of COVID. So it was uh, a bit chaotic, but I think um, anybody that knows me knows that I'm kind of all over the place and driven and just go for things. And I guess that's kind of how yeah. it happened. But I think you would probably agree that as an immigrant, you kind of have to be that way. You kind of yeah. learn to adapt. Um, and me being, you know, from childhood, having to learn to adapt, I've just, you know, gone with the flow kind of always. Yeah. And yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind was just that that immigrant mentality, mm -hmm. right? Like no one else gets it unless you're an immigrant. Yeah. Right? You know, and it's not hard to explain. It's just a product of your upbringing. And when you come to the States or you come to a country that just, you know, with hard work, you can do anything, right? Like the UK isn't like that. You know, not as much as it is here, and I assume Mexico is the same, right? And you come here, and, and especially you're, you're a kid, you know, you're you're kind of like, wow, this like the, you know, and and, it, and we all joke about it, but it's the American dream, right? Mm -hmm. And it is true. And I've spoken to many people like me and yourself that have built a business or done something, even if it is in the corporate world, right? Mm -hmm. They've just worked hard and, and you know, but done something that maybe they couldn't have done back home, home uh, right. and you appreciate that more, that more when you go home yeah absolutely and I think there's also something to be said uh, like in my case you know being a um, coming from a single mom household um, seeing her just you know doing doing it like there's no other way of saying it but just doing it she was always doing it mm -hmm. um, and you know I think that I learned by example like um, I mean my mom doesn't have a business or anything like that, but just seeing her always just doing the thing, whatever it was, that thing was just, you know, so you learn to do that, right. <laughs> to do it too, you know? Yeah. Well, so when you were seven years old then, what do you remember about coming to Oklahoma City? Um, <laughs> I remember I was um, in private school in Mexico mm -hmm. and, you know, it was like a bilingual school. And I remember getting here and being like, they don't speak English. Like I learned English, but, you know, I was learning like the most basic things like, you know, chicken, <laughs> house, whatever. <laughs> And it's like, uh, why do they speak English uh, differently here? But um, I don't know about you, but like me, I don't have a lot of family here. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's always been, I, from childhood, I, there's always that reminiscing of, yeah. um, you know, not having family close by and having to like get really close to your friends because, yeah. you know, they become your family kind of thing. Um, so I think I've always just leaned into like a lot into the community around me. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Totally. A hundred percent. Like you're totally right with that. You know, when you have just, you know, limited family here or if any family and then, you know, you have your friend group that you meet at school, at university, whatever it is at work, you know, you really kind of thrive and, and kind of, you know, really take advantage of those support systems. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you, you make great friendships because you're right. Like, and, and, you know, like, for me back home, like my grandparents lived less than a mile away, both of them when I grew up, you know, and, you know, I always saw family, you know, for a lot during the week, Right. Um, whether it's just going home from school to my grandparents' house or, you know, on the weekends, whatever it was, like we always kind of would see, whereas now, you know, you're away from it a lot, but, you know, you have that friends to kind of mirror that. Um, so, so as a kind of young girl growing up then, what were kind of like your interests? What did you think that you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? I had no clue. I, I think I, I even, you know, like before launching my own business, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, I always envy the people that like have known since childhood, like, oh, this is what I want to be and do it yeah. because I, I've never had an idea. Like, I think probably I also have ADHD and that kind of comes with the territory a lot of times where you're just a scattered brain all over the place and everything yeah. interests you, but nothing actually takes your interest. Uh -huh. So, um, I was always just going with the flow. <laughs> yeah. So, so because like, kind of like you didn't really know definitive, you know, you know, for sure, like, Hey, like this is my direction. Do you just decide to like, I'm going to stay in school as long as I can. And then that's kind of what led you into university and pursuing a master's too. No, I, I really, my whole life has kind of been backwards. Okay. <laughs> um, I had my daughter when I was 20. Okay. Um, and I, had dropped out of school because I got pregnant and I started going to college. I actually went to college for a year in Mexico yeah. um, and then came back and then I got like into college here and got pregnant and just didn't go to school anymore. And about 2008, when the recession hit, I was working for a company that was doing car parts. Okay. And, you know, that was whenever the whole cash for clunkers thing. And like, so we were out of business <clears throat> 
or that company wasn't doing very well. So they let me go. And I was like, okay, what, like, what do I do now? Like now I'm kind of, you know, just out of a job and out of a career or anything. So I went back to school as a uh, working adult with my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was married at that time. And, uh, so I went back to school and I was just working and doing the whole wife and mom thing and going to school. Um, got my bachelor's degree. I actually had my son while I was doing my bachelor's degree. Uh And then, um, so I wasn't, I was 30 when I graduated with my bachelor's degree. So that's what I'm saying. Like it kind of all went, you know, like I did, I did it all backwards. And, and then it took me a few years and got back into school, did my master's degree. Um, I was already divorced by then. And then, um, and then I'm kind of an entrepreneur. So it's like all the right. way backwards. And, you know, it's funny because like with my master's, I thought about doing an MBA and I was like, no way. That's, I don't need all of that. I don't want the numbers. I don't have the headspace for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, maybe I should have gone to it for an MBA because now it's my degree is in human relations. Yeah. Um, because that interests me. I love people. I love the behavior of people. I love studying people. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, like now I wish I would have studied business instead. <laughs> I think it would have came uh, pretty handy (laughs) right yeah everyone I speak to that kind of that is like you know 30 plus that's either an entrepreneur or or, you know they never really started you know a business they've never been an entrepreneur since day one right they always done something and you know you look back at your college degree and you're like man I wish I'd have done business and finance (laughs) right like figured that stuff out but um you know like you said earlier you're kind of a solutions uh, based person and you know solutions driven person and, and obviously you found a solution which we can get to it in a second but what was um you know, when you decide to, you know, you have your daughter at 20 and like I said, you're kind of like, whoa, like my world has really changed now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, and, and the good thing, you know, you kind of had that example from your mom too, that you'd seen mm-hmm. her kind of, you know, just go through it and be able to do it. Right. I think if I had a baby when I was 20, like I'd be losing my mind. I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> right. But because you'd seen that support, support system and seen that your mom could do it, you know, you're a little less probably stressed that you're like, wow, like, you know, my world's over, I'm having a baby, you know, all this stuff. Like you're probably not thinking that. Um, so, so you said you mentioned you went back to Mexico to go to try to go to school back in Mexico? Well, right out of high school I did yeah. for a year. Yeah, I graduated high school and again, I didn't have a clue what I was yeah. doing. I, and my sister called me and she said, hey, um, you know, I'm moving to this town and it's mm-hmm. got a really cool university and it's across the street from the beach and I love the beach. And right. I'm like, OK, I can stay landlocked in Oklahoma or go to the college in the beach town. And yeah. So I went and I only stayed for a year because then my sister abandoned me there. <laughs> yeah. She was like, no, I don't like it. I'm leaving. And I was already enrolled in school, whatever. So I stayed for a year and I was like, yeah, because it, it was all the way on the other side of Mexico, okay. like where I'm from, Chihuahua is North Mexico. Okay. And this is like border with Belize. So I also didn't have any family or anything yeah. there. And I stayed like, even now I'm really good friends with the, uh, with the girls that I met there. I'm actually going to, uh, Europe in next month nice. with one of them. Uh, so we stay in contact, you know, I, became, I made really good relationships, but even then it was too hard for me to stay by myself down there. Right. So I came back and, and then got pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you miss Mexico? Um, I do. I can't yeah. lie. Y- yes and no. I don't think I could live there full time anymore because I mean, I've grown up here. I've, you know, made my entire life here, mm-hmm. but the culture, I mean, and there's always that feeling. I don't, I, I don't know if you have the same experience being, um, you know, an Anglo man. <laughs> um, but me as a Latina, I always still feel like an outsider, yeah. like no matter what I, you know, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like home. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I miss that part of it. And yeah. I, you know, I, it's probably and the food <laughs> well yeah that was gonna be my next thing too it's like you must miss food because like even though the UK is not known for its cuisine I do miss food back home and just kind of the culture and scene around food because um, food just brings people together and you know drinks and whatever but um, I think you know I, I definitely don't feel you know I, I definitely do feel left different and left mm. out it's probably not as much it's probably perceived not as much because you know if you look at me I probably generally fit in right mm. and because I play golf that kind of helps as well um, but yeah there are some times where you know I, I open my mouth and people just look at me and they're like you're not from here right <laughs> You know, and I'm like dressed in cowboy boots and I drive a truck sometimes and they're like, you're definitely like, you're not fooling anybody with that accent. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I do kind of, it's definitely not as much, but I do kind of feel sometimes I'm like, you know, there's definitely, you know, people have been either chosen over me because of, you know, differences or out of state or whatever it is. So, you know, it, it is like that. But I, um, 
I do, I do feel the same way. I do miss that from home, right? Mm-hmm. And I agree, I couldn't live there. Um, but there are certain times where I'm like, oh, I just love to go home for a weekend, mm-hmm. right? Go home for Christmas, go home to play golf, whatever it is, and you know, just kind of not work. And because when you go home and you are working back home, like oh, it's, I'm part of it now. I don't want to be part of this. It's yeah, so much better working here than working, you know, for me back home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's. I yeah. Do well, I think it's easier for me to go home too. So I do, uh, I do go back quite a bit. I go back to, um, my hometown or city. Yeah. Um, but then I just travel to different parts of Mexico too. But now it's a little bit different now, you know, my, getting older, yeah. my family, like my grandma is not there anymore. And yeah. like my godfather's not there anymore. So, you know, as you start losing family, there's a little bit less reason same. to go, yeah. to go back home and it doesn't feel the same. Right. Um, but I mean, it'll always be home. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, uh, it's special to have that, right? Like it's fun, you know, for when you're you know, living three, two, three, four thousand miles from home, you know, it's, and thankfully it's accessible, right? You know, it's like mm-hmm. if something happens, you can be there pretty much within 24 hours, which is, you know, a blessing. But at the same time, you know, you're, there's sometimes I do feel left out from back home, right? Cause it's just mm-hmm. not there. You know, there's certain things that are going on or I'm in a group text with all my buddies from high school and from golf. And I'm like, I don't look at this group text anymore unless I go home. Cause like, I, it's yeah. totally, like I'm just irrelevant. <laughs> you know? But um, as far as, so going into kind of like your entrepreneurship journey, were you, did you work from a young age? Like, did you, you always kind of had jobs and you always kind of an entrepreneur sense as a young age, even though you're in school and then you had your daughter and like, we always kind of, um, I like mean, yeah, hust- I've, not, I've, not hustling, but always kind of like your mother was doing. Yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. I've always worked. I mean, yeah. even, you know, in high school, I think that's a very much an American thing mm-hmm. that you start working yeah. as soon as you turn 16 or even younger. Right. Um, so yeah, I've always, um, <laughs> I've always worked. Um, I, um, the only time that I haven't worked was that year that I went to college in Mexico mm-hmm. was the only time. But then, you know, I've always like worked and then tried to sell something on the right. side. Like just whatever, like the like mm-hmm. dumbest things. I've come up with the dumbest ideas. <laughs> so whenever I launched this business, um, I told my parents mm-hmm. and my mom now she's my biggest cheerleader on this business. But truth be told, when I told her, she was like yeah okay good luck with that <laughs> but Thanks, it was mom. because like every other t- time you know I and again with the ADHD thing it's hard for me to follow through right. so I like take on something and I'm like super excited about it and then a month and I'm like okay so what's next right. so my mom was like oh, okay yeah for sure <laughs> yeah and then this one takes off and she's like oh oh, okay great yeah, like, uh-huh. it, wasn't, it was just kind of like a you, you know the usual response to you starting a new business again uh-huh. and then like I said this one takes off and she's like now she's your biggest fan yeah you know which she always would have been it's just like you said when you start you know 10 20 different businesses in the space of you know five years yeah. like, oh another one okay good luck yeah absolutely Keep doing what you're doing you know you're doing great honey like i'm yeah. here if you need it <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. i mean and this was an act like a legit business i never actually like did an llc or anything right. i was just you know doing dumb stuff or whatever yeah. had these what i thought were great ideas and never followed through with them yeah. so i think she's proud that i actually like have gone through with the project on, yeah. on something but it, it, when you look back it's all training it's all like reps right it's all you know it all adds into the experience and, and you know the stuff that you learn from from effectively failing you know or not putting enough effort into it you know you, you go forward and you get to now and you're like oh yeah i, I know exactly what i'm doing you know oh. well, so that, i know more about <laughs> do you more, because right? please yeah. tell me yeah. <laughs> I know I more sure about what know. I'm doing. no but yeah, yeah no I, I get what you mean no and it, it is it's training i mean it's yeah. you always there's always a learning opportunity i think in everything that you do so yeah for sure but i can definitely say we, we just turned three our um April 22nd was um, okay. our three-year anniversary, so yeah. just turned three. Um, but, I mean, I still don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just doing it. <laughs> so then, how, how does it start? How does this come about, and how do you think, you know what, like, this is worth me spending a lot of time into and developing a business and a product and, and all that, you know, an e-commerce side set and all that stuff? So I'm not an environmentalist by any means. And this is very much an environmental company that I launched. But I think more than that, it's an impact company. And that I am very proud of to say, like, I've always been driven by impact on most things that I do. I love to be able to say that I'm creating a positive impact. And so um, in this particular case for my business, um, (laughs) it's kind of a funny story. I... 
well, you can't tell today, but I, you've seen me. I have, um, they look at my social media, anybody, any listeners, I have very, very curly hair, which I hated for my, the entirety of my life. And I think it goes back into the fitting in kind of thing. Uh, you know, it's, I just had to control it. And it was always the advertisements of like, you know, frizz free, smooth, silky, straight hair. And it was like, yeah, that's not me. So I hated my hair. And I like, I remember being like 11 years old and my sister ironing my hair, like an actual iron mic. Like I still have a scar on my back where she dropped the iron one time. Yeah, no, I'm, it was a serious thing. Yeah. Um, and I hated my hair and my daughter was about 14 14, 15, and she was like, I hate my hair. She has the prettiest, curliest hair. And I was like, no, how do you hate it? It's so beautiful. I know how you hate it because I hate my hair. (laughs) And so, you know, I very much lead by example kind of person with my kids, which is why I went and got my master's degree because I was like, okay, I have to do this because my kids have to, you know, aim for better or whatever. So I was like, okay, I can't tell her not to straighten my hair if I'm straightening my hair. So let's figure this out. And I'm telling you, I had never took care of my curls like ever they when I was fixing my hair was always fixing it to straighten it so I had to learn literally learn from scratch and my mom has super curly hair and my sister but we all were always straightening it so I had no clue what to do so I learned how to straighten my or how to take care of my curls stop straightening and of course when I stopped straightening it it wasn't curly anymore it was beyond damage there was no curl to it It was just fluff so long story short short I learned how to take care of my curls and start posting on like curly hair Facebook groups okay this is where it all started and people were like hey do you have an Instagram can you share it like share what your tips share your tutorials I didn't know it was a thing so I uh, started getting followers I I set up an Instagram account and started getting followers and then as I gained followers companies started contacting me to you know for me to try out their products and um of course i always i'm very i try to be very genuine and so i would only recommend products that i actually liked or whatever but um during this time my mom and i took a trip um i love traveling like that's that's my thing and my mom and i took a trip to um indonesia and it was so beautiful but there was so much trash like i mean it was incredible how much trash there was and um I got back from that trip and I was just very like impacted by it. I was awestruck at, you know, the pollution. And um, I was watching Trevor Noah. So sad that he's not on air anymore. But um, he had a segment about um, the recycling system and how exploitative and broken it is. And um, I don't know if you know, but only like nine to maximum 11 percent of all plastics in the world ever get recycled. And it's very exploitative. The UK, the US and large um, countries were actually exporting most of their recyclables trash, basically. overseas to a lot of Southeast Asian countries. So I'm watching this uh, segment and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really horrible because again, I'm not an environmentalist, but I do like, you know, put my try my yeah. uh, okay. plastics or whatever yeah. in the recycle bin and I put it out, you know, so I try. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm like, oh, I feel really bad because like I'm contributing to this. And now it's not just me that's contributing. And literally I have at this point, like, over a hundred plastic bottles of products between my shower, my <laughs> cabinets. I mean, it's it's madness, right? Because like I've been trying out all right. these products to tell my followers about. So, but now it's not just my products. Now it's like the thousands of followers that I have, and I'm telling yeah. them about it. So I'm feeling like there's an impact to be made here. So I start looking for sustainable options, and there are great companies already out there that are making solid products. Um, but none of them were for curly hair. And so I saw a huge need in the market for that because I could not find anything that was formulated that was good for curly hair or any kind of textured hair. And so I was like, okay, well, there's a big problem here. And it took forever for companies to even start formulating towards curly hair. You know, now there's also really good companies out there that are making products for curly hair, but it took forever for that to happen. So now I'm thinking, how long is it gonna take before somebody takes notice that they should also be making sustainable products for curly hair? I wasn't gonna wait around. And not even for the money, cause I'm still not even in it for the money. I mean, I literally worked 
over three years because, of course, you know, I launched April 20, yeah. uh, April 2020, but I had been working on it for a year before launch. Um, so it's like, you know, I and I did. Oh, so where I was going with that is I didn't even quit my job. I kept my full time job to be able to pay my bills and everything until November of 2022. Wow. So I worked for three and a half years on this before I even quit my job. Right. So I'm not in it for the money. But so that, that wasn't where I was thinking then. But it was like, man, this needs to happen. Like sustainability can be inclusive. And I don't think anybody is seeing that right now. And if nobody's going to see it, then I'm going to put it out there I'm gonna shine a light on it um so I put a pose well I started like just googling googling has been my my teacher for everything um and I like just made a simple bar uh, shampoo and conditioner and it kind of worked so I made a video on it and I posted it and today it's been like the one the one that like everybody engaged on I had like over 700 comments of people were like yes do it oh my gosh that's so cool like absolutely like I yeah I'll be the one that buying and blah blah, blah. Yeah. so um then I kind of had that um, moment of, okay, I, I have to do it. And I had already put it out there. So there were, it was kind of an accountability thing of like, okay, yeah, I, I have to do this. Um, and then that's it. That's where Vida <laughs> Bars was born. <laughs> Excuse me. So, and for people listening, I apologize. We're both, it's, it's, it's like allergy season in Oklahoma. Spring so, in Oklahoma. Yeah. If you're here, you know this. <laughs> um, and I appreciate you getting through it. So, um, so when you think like I'm going to make a bar, right? What I mean, you said Google your best friend. You know nothing at this point about like how to make a bar of soap or whatever it is you're making, right? You're just going to Google and thinking, how do we like literally? How do I make it? And then you're adding sustainable ingredients into it to process and through trial and error, you you yeah. come up with this product. Yeah, absolutely. So first, I will make a huge distinction and. Not to say anything about what you, but I'm just clarifying it is not soap. <laughs> Do not wash your hair with soap, anybody listening. Yeah. Do not wash your hair with soap. It is terrible. Uh, but it is a shampoo bar. Okay, there okay. we go. So, uh, solid that's shampoo. Why, that's why we do this podcast. Yes. <laughs> solid shampoo. Um, but yeah, no, I know nothing about it, right? All I know is like somebody else already did it, so it can be done. Let's do it now for curly hair. Yeah. Um, I know what ingredients to look for, what ingredients are good for curly hair and which ones to avoid. And the biggest issue was that a lot of the ingredients to avoid were already in the products that in the solid shampoos that were already in the market. So I'm like, okay, what can we use instead of that? So that's where I started doing all my research. Um, but yeah, I know zero about any of it. I haven't, I didn't study cosmetology. I didn't study um, chemistry. I literally know nothing except for okay where do I start on Google and I spent so many sleepless nights you know because I'm working my job during the day and I have my kids yeah. and um, you know I'm a single mom by then and so it's like yeah I, but I want to do this and the ADHD thing again comes into play because it's very much a superpower when it needs to be right you can hyper focus on things and I think that that's what happened with me just thinking about it now I don't know that I could go back and do it again. Like, yeah. I mean, just thinking about it, like, how the heck did I even do this? <laughs> yeah. um, because so now we have um, a total of 13 products mm -hmm. and I formulated all 13 products. And again, I'm not a formulator. I don't have a chemistry background, but by God that, you know, thousands of customers have said I did what I set out to do, which was, yeah. you know, create really good sustainable products for textured hair. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, like, you know, even in my family, my daughter has curly hair. My mom has curly hair. Um, we don't use the same products. We can't use the same products because it's not a one size fits all. And that's what I wanted to make sure and do is create products that were good for the different needs of textured hair. Um and I, I, I'm proud to say I did. Yeah. I have. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's just like, you know, and and especially like just to remind people, you did this single mom with two kids. In my right? from the kitchen of my While home, working like, a full time yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, uh, and doing my masters. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> don't think that you can't do you know hard stuff, people, because it can be done. Um, you know, even raising one kid, even having puppies or dogs, oh, you know, yeah. is hard enough. Yeah. You mentioned like, a full time job and going to school on top of that. Like it, it's really incredible what you've done, and I think what you said was you know once you focus on that goal, you just kind of it's great to have. That 
just one focus, like any waking moment that I have that's not, you know, with my kids or with school or with work, I'm focusing on this business. Mm. I'm focusing on formulating, you know, this bar, right, and this product. Um, you mentioned a little bit where, you know, you kind of went, you, you, you use social media to keep yourself accountable. You have a really big social media following. Right, um, and not just like you personally have a big following, and then the then you started the the bar mm-hmm. page, that, which I'll post both Instagrams um, in 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 the description down below. People can go check that out. But you know, tell me about kind of using that. You know, I'm 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 I know about it, right? I know that it's such an easy tool to use. It's such a simple tool to use, and it's super effective because it's also free. But tell me about kind of just where that mindset was for you to just tell your story, even though. You know, you were on social media before you had this product, mm-hmm. right? So, and and just kind of, hey, I have curly hair. Like, let's just be a part of the community mm-hmm. way before you even had this idea for the product. So, tell me a little bit about kind of the social side of things and just how you've used that as a tool going forward. Um, honestly, social media has been everything for um, for me doing this business. Um, I've leveraged it all on social media, even up to now, three years later. We have done the most minimum. Um, spend on marketing um, period. So everything has been organic growth and I would say at least 90% of that has been through social media. Um, And again, not paid ads or anything. It's just people posting about it and sharing and all of that. Um, And I think that there's a lot to be said um, about how you use social media, right? Because there is so much negativity around it and it can be very negative, but I think that it's important to be able to say, okay, what's good for me, um, both in the content that I am taking. So as a user of social media, right? Like looking for things that um, that are positive for you, that inspire you, um, you know, and even I tell my followers like you know if I'm not serving you the content you want you have zero responsibility yeah. towards me like I will not feel bad if you don't follow me because you know I want somebody to to enjoy what they're seeing from me and not compare themselves to me or you know not like there's there's an aspirational part of it or aspect to it but you know just because it's aspirational doesn't mean that you should compare yourself to that Uh, and there's also everybody knows like the you know social media is the highlight or the reels of things so Mm -hmm. um you know you not everybody always shares the bad part um and i think that that's where um i like i said i try to be very genuine so i share those things too i share when i'm having a hard time and uh, i think that that's probably where it becomes relatable right that like things aren't perfect that you have really great days and you have some days that aren't so great um so i think that if you find somebody that's relatable or you find somebody that you know you they're not always showing you the perfect things of like people like that or not necessarily like it but you can see okay like it's more real kind of yeah. thing um but I think that that's also helped on the business aspect of it because it's, we're uh, a brand and we tell them like we're a really small business, we're a really small team. You know, sometimes we get it wrong um, and people reach out to us via email or whatever and tell us, hey, like my order didn't come in or I think it was like, two weeks ago we had a family emergency and we didn't get orders out for like almost um, over 10 days and people reached out and I was like, I'm really sorry. We have a really small team and we're going through something really like horrific right now so like please bear with us and people are understanding and I think that um, you know back to the social media thing like I think if both as a consumer of social media and as you know a content creator I think that there's that balance of saying okay like obviously you don't you don't want to like make it a doomsday kind of thing but you know like life is real and life has its up and downs and um, and I think it's a really good way of leveraging social media for for personal growth like what you consume but also for growing as a business whether it's your personal brand or a business brand yeah it's relatable right like not everybody's perfect and and everyone knows that and you're right with like everyone sees you know your instagram as like kind of like the best parts of your life right but if you are up there posting saying look like you know i'm swamped with orders right now or we have some family issues or whatever it is that's going on in life you know your daughter's sick whatever um you know like it people kind of resonate with that Mm. i think they they you know they it's it people's and i say this quite a lot is people's um BS meters are way better now than they mm-hmm. used to be, mm-hmm. right? So it's very easy to see through people's right. nonsense and them not being real with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you come in and just say, look, like I'm struggling, like I'm a small business, like 
I'll get it to you. Like, I appreciate, you know, and if you want to go somewhere else, fine. But I appreciate the fact that you're willing to give us a chance and like, we will get it to you. Just know that, you know, we don't, we don't have an Amazon warehouse right? <laughs> and robots shipping things. Right. You right. Know? Well, so. And even like, you know, as a owner of a curly hair brand, yeah. um, I go on there and I'm not having a perfect hair day. I mean, my hair is super sick back today because I did not have time to fix my hair. Um, and even that part, I think that is also a good thing. I mean, and I can tell you, I had, uh, I personally had like this pressure on myself of like, yeah. oh, my hair has to be perfect because how am I representing my brand if my hair doesn't look perfect? But it's like, no, because curly hair, if you have curly hair, you know that you're not going to have good hair days every day. Like it's part of having curly hair that sometimes your hair just does work whatever it wants, yeah. or sometimes you don't have time to fix it and you have to sleek it back, whatever. And so I allowed myself that liberty of saying, I have to be who I am and my customers will relate to that because they also know that struggle, right? Exactly. And that's one of the things that I always tell them, like, I know the struggle. Like, I personally know this struggle. And, you know, like, even um, talking about our products, like, our conditioner bars are actually bigger because me, as a curly-haired person, know that we use a lot more conditioner than shampoo. Okay. And it's always the struggle of when you buy a shampoo and a conditioner bottle in the same size, you always run out of conditioner way before you do shampoo. So I, that's one of the things that I always say like our conditioner bar is uh, bigger because I, you know yeah. we know the struggle so the same thing about like you know not always fronting with like oh I have this perfect gorgeous right. you know head of hair um, yeah I do some days and some days it's wild and it's fine I yeah. love it still you know yeah it's fun and my wife has really curly hair uh, and, and my, my wife's side of the family they're Native American and I, I assume that's where it comes from I know I've never really asked her that I should probably ask her that when we get home tonight but she's always had really curly hair and I saw photos of her as a little girl and she's like got this massive fro mm -hmm. right like kind of looks like a lion's mane like it's just you know and, and until you know she got old and she learned kind of how to you know do her hair and stuff she's always kind of had it straight but there are some mornings she wakes up and she's like I'm not doing my hair today like and it you know and I I, I the, where I'm going to is, is is the product for people you know everybody with curly hair every woman with curly hair or is it specific to kind of just the um you know like the like the culture and the way you grew up and the area that you grew up in is it more for you know for kind of south american cultures that way or is it for everybody no so that's the thing yeah. like that's where i wanted to be in that those six different formulas that we yeah. have because um again i mean there's such a wide variety just because you have curly or textured hair does not mean that you, gotcha. you know, have the same needs. Um, and so that's why I formulated all okay. of the products because I wanted it to be with, from anybody that has like, you know, very fine curls that get weighed down super easily to really thick, coarse hair that needs like really rich, heavy products. You know, one can't use the other uh, and one won't get good results like the other will. And so I, formulated a range of products for all of that and the thing is we do we, i formulated specifically thinking of the needs of curly hair mm -hmm. and we market for curly hair but i have so many customers that have zero texture in their hair that have like this sleek straight hair and absolutely love my products because they're really i mean obviously i'm gonna toot my horn and sure. you know i will I, I, my, my opinion is biased but no i mean i did not um stop at saying okay well you know that this this is good enough i said no i want quality and so we put really good product ingredients into our product yeah. and people you know even people that have zero curl to their hair love it yeah yeah the reviews speak for themselves yeah. right like that, that <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know you, i know you know you you, you with it being a small business owner obviously you're going to be your biggest fan but also like if you've got great reviews then you know you don't have to you have backing behind mm -hmm. those right you have stuff to kind of back that up but um take take me through then obviously you know you started the business during covid 20 april 2020 and you know you worked a full-time job pretty much up until went to school up until you know november of last year take me through this this kind of business building process then and, and how you know you started how you got involved how you ended up going you know you um 
building connection with um, the Meridian, you know, the, the tech up in Guthrie and mm-hmm. just kind of going through that process as a small business and what aids there are out there and what resources you used. Um, you know, I think there's really valuable information for anyone that's listening that's thinking, hey, I might start a small business manufacturing something similar or, you know, soaps or whatever or candles, whatever it is, you know, that, that it's a similar process, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think there are a lot of things that can be leveraged that are really um accessible right now uh again you know i was working my full-time job i had my kids covid hit and by then i had already developed most of the formulas i because of the network that i had built on social media with other content creators in the curly hair community i had them testing my products so i think it's always good to build a community and be um genuine with people again um because i reached out to them and i said hey like you guys saw this i'm trying to build this would you test it out for me and got reviews and everything so um again i had worked on it for almost a year in making the formulas and i was doing all of this out of the kitchen of my home and i did it even after launch for another six months uh, out of my kitchen and then i moved into my garage but to kind of transition to that um I leveraged a lot of the uh, relationships that I had built in the Curly community for people to to test them out. When I finally launched, you know, it was at the beginning of the pandemic. We had no idea what was in in store, right? We thought a few more weeks. And so I kind of was like hesitant on, okay, when do I launch kind of thing. Um, But it was Earth Day coming up. And again, I have to have some accountability because if not, I'll just let things linger linger, and then it would have just kind of phased out. So I was like, okay, like we're doing this for uh, for Earth Day. So um, I set the launch date. I think it wasn't even a month out. I think sometime in March, I was like, uh, okay, we're doing this April 20th. So launched April 20th. Thankfully, because I had already built an audience through my social network, um, my following, and then through the um, the influencers that I had sent out the um, the samples to, um, we sold out within. I believe it was like the first week um, that we sold out of the the first batch that I made, and that was pretty cool. I was like, okay, there there is yeah. a market here, right? But again, because I'm working now, it's the pandemic. My kids are home full time, yeah, going to school full time at home. Uh, I'm trying to finish my master's degree and all of this, like, and we're stuck at home. It was whenever we couldn't even go out. I was like, okay, I don't have that much time to be making this because again, now I'm making it in my kitchen, so I don't have time to cook and all of that so um it took me another month to make another batch of product so i put it out again the next month yeah and then it sold out within two days so i was like okay we really do have a market for this and we did that for six batches it worked it went like that and by the sixth batch it sold out within the first hour and i was at capacity i could not make any more um the way that i was making them so I was like, okay, now it's time to scale. And how do I scale this? So I um, bought some, I, again, kept doing research and research on uh, Google. I looked on YouTube and then I was taking in from like, I mean, cause there wasn't really anybody doing what I'm doing. And especially not that we're putting content out there on how to do this. So, you know, I was just learning from other soap makers and others like, okay, here's some things that they're doing that I could use. So I bought some, um, like industrial equipment and I converted my garage. My dad helped me and converted my garage into a shop. So we worked there for another like eight months probably. And then I was moving to Stillwater because my daughter was going to OSU. So I found out about the incubator program that Oklahoma runs, which anybody that's starting a business or that has a small business that's already been launched, um, look into the incubator program. I highly recommend. Um, It's a great program. There's so many throughout the Oklahoma City metro area throughout the state. Um, And they do a lot of like guidance for you for, you know, how to scale businesses, how to run your business, business plans, all of that. But then they also have office space, warehouse space, manufacturing space. I mean, there's kind of a, they can fill the, the yeah. need, uh, the gap for uh, a lot of different needs. Um, and, uh, well, th- there's a really big perk to it. They can find out, just yeah. Google it. You'll, you guys will find out there's really great perks to, to that program. Um, I happen to land in Meridian because they have one out in Stillwater. Sure. 
and they had a really good space for me. So I stayed out there for a year. I was in Stillwater with my daughter and then moved back to Edmond and they had just opened up the, um, the facility where we met up okay. in Guthrie. And so I moved into to that shop uh, June of last year. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a huge difference when you have that support, right? And just those people to ask questions to, people who've been through the same thing that you're going through or something similar, just so that you can bounce ideas back. And, and it goes such a long way when you, you know, you're in this, this group in this incubator and you make one question, you make one post and someone, no, six people say, yeah, I've got this for you. I know mm-hmm. this person. I know this person. Let's get it together. It just takes those, you know, takes, saves you so much time. Right. Yeah. It takes those two to three, you know, hours worth of researching, finding the right person, getting the right person on the phone, getting an email mm-hmm. for someone. And you just know it's right here. Get after it. You know? Yeah. Well, so and it's cool to make also connections here in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, you know, they uh, like my neighbors. I've worked with my neighbors, my next door neighbor now in Guthrie. Uh, he actually does like uh, lean processing for manufacturers. Okay. So I contracted with him and he came out and looked at my processes and like gave me all a whole bunch of details on how we could change some things yeah. to lean out our process. Um, I did a podcast with Hetty, who also is next door to me. Um, out in Guthrie, they, they, my next door neighbor out there uh-huh. does um, product development and he helped me uh, create a, a mold for or a, um, a container for my bars. So, you know, it's really cool that you also get to network with others that are business owners that have nothing to do with what you're doing, but somehow, right. you know, it's still yeah. beneficial for, for both. And yeah, so, it's yeah, it's a really, really cool program. Um, and then mm-hmm. also just being able to make connections through that program here in Oklahoma because, you know, now um, a lot of my business is direct to consumer through uh, our website. So we've sold in every single state. Um, We sell to Canada, we sell to Mexico, we sell in Australia. Um, But I wasn't getting a lot of local traction here. Like not a lot of people knew about my product. Um, And obviously, again, uh, tooting my own horn. And like you said, I am my my own biggest cheerleader, but I'm also my biggest critic. And I think any good business owner will do both, right? Um, But... um, I think it's a really cool story that we have, you know, that I launched for my kitchen because of this program. Now we're able to scale. We're doing manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, nobody really knows about it. And we've saved to date over like 150,000 bottles of plastic from ever being produced. I think that's a really cool story that's of something amazing. that's happening here in Oklahoma. Like, and for not for people to not know about it. I mean, everybody uses shampoo every single day, almost, <laughs> or a few times a week, right? And it's like, okay, if you are going out and buying a bottle of shampoo, you know, at least give it a try for a local business that's manufacturing here locally, yeah. um, that's doing a sustainable thing. Like, I think people would at least give us, you know, like a shout out or try it out, go and buy it or whatever if they knew about it. Um, so I'm glad that, you know, through that program yeah. and a few others, I'm, I'm finally being able to get a little more traction. Well, uh, it, so thanks for the invite again. Yeah, Mike. of course. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, it's amazing to have that local support, but the fact that you've sold in every state, that's amazing too. Yeah. Right? Like the communities. Oh, no, no. I can tell you, we did that within the first four months. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I have a coughing fit over here. Well, you know, it, it is incredible, right? When you have that support. And this product speaks for itself and word travels, you know, like wildfire, um, especially on social media. Mm-hmm. And you get these orders in, you know, and you're selling out within a day, you know, and you get to that and you're like, wow, like I need to make more bars, right? I need to scale. Mm-hmm. I need to get to that. It's hard to stay patient at that point, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of you get, you could easily get frustrated with your situation, right? You're like, you know, but you've got to look back and you've got to see the good side of things to say, look, I'm a small business. I've been doing this, you know, for you know, three years or whatever it is up until that point. And you're like, look at how far we've come in this short mm-hmm. amount of time, you know, and, 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 and I obviously, you know, you're just listening to you chat now. You're, you're kind of a dreamer too, right? You've always got some idea. You're always working towards something. You're very goal oriented. I mean, what's the plan? What's next? Like, wh- where do you see it going? What do you want to do? What's like the, the, I guess the, the short list for this year, but then future plans too. So short list right now is getting into retail. Um, everything has been direct to consumer, like about 95% of our business right now has been direct to consumer. Um, one thing, Oh, a really cool thing. So our packaging 
direct to consumer is not retail ready but it's really cool we put them in these little pouches that are manufactured or, or they're handcrafted by uh, indigenous artisans from Chihuahua, Mexico, where I'm from. Oh, so I, co- I uh, partnered with a co-op down there of artisans. They make the little pouches and that's how we ship them out, obviously in boxes. Um, but we, we put the bars yeah. in, in these little pouches. Um, <sighs> Which I think is really cool to be able to give those, uh, you know, back home a, an economic opportunity yes. to make these for us because we pay them a premium for them um, instead of, you know, just buying off of AliExpress or whatever, right. uh, ordering from overseas. But that's not retail ready packaging. So I'm going to continue to do that direct to consumer packaging. But now to get into retail, because that's where we want to go, is to be able to say, OK, we're ready for salon. They are salon quality formulas. And we do have them in a few salons here in Oklahoma and a few throughout the country. But um, now with the actual packaging, you know, we can get in every salon, we can get into boutiques, we can probably we can get into big box stores. I'm not sure that that's the route we want to go right now. Um, but eventually we probably you'll probably see us uh, yeah. you know, on the shelves of Sephora and Ulta. Um, I, I don't think that's my immediate goal. Sure. Maybe that's like two to three years down the line um, because we have a lot more scaling to do before we can get to that point. I have yeah. a lot more learning to do. Um, but in the next, uh, by the end of the year, I hope to at least be like in 100 stores yeah. uh, nationwide. Amazing. Um, and we will be at the um, Oklahoma City Night Market in a couple of weeks. That's coming up. Okay. We never do any events. We don't do pop-ups. We don't do a farmer's market or anything like that. Um, but I thought that that was going to be a really cool opportunity again to yeah. to get to be able to is that the Asian night market uh, it's, night no market? it's the night market okay. over at the scissor tail park okay yeah yeah, yeah. we're sure. we're gonna be there nice. and um, so that's that's the biggest thing right now coming yeah. up and then we have a few other things coming in as far as product development we have sample sizes a lot of people ask uh, ask for that um, and a few other other yeah. product developments uh, that's probably coming before the end of the year but there's a lot <laughs> the, yeah. you know from being CEO to janitor and everything in between uh-huh. it takes up a lot I'm uh, a full time mom yeah <laughs> um but uh, but it's really cool, and I definitely, you know, like we were saying from the beginning, like there's so much opportunity to be had. Uh, I think you can uh, you can take that opportunity. There's a lot of work to be had too. <laughs> um, but I also understand there's uh, there's a big gap in being able to to bridge that. Um, but thankfully, I I'm able to do it, and, and I'm really thankful for the people that you know have given me a shot, both in my customers and then also the people around me that have like listened to our story and looked at what we're doing and you know like yeah. wanted to to help somehow yeah it, it's a great reminder to people listening um you know and and there's so many examples of this and i you know it's great to keep reminding people that you know through hard work and, and just have a bit of a dream right and and you you do have time to do things mm-hmm. you know you just need to make time you might need to sleep a little less and or you know not sit on the couch and watch netflix or whatever it is that you're watching you know like just and and i kind of it reminded me like life goes by so fast right mm-hmm. like you, you know you blink and five years have gone by you know, and if you think, you know, what if I put an hour every single night for five years into something, mm-hmm. right? And and I think a lot of people, you know, we're, as a society, we're very kind of impatient, right? We know we want something now, we want the next best thing now, or whatever it is, you know, whether it's products or, you know, fast food or fitness or anything, you know, we're very kind of like that. And I think if you can just be patient and just, you know, build brick by brick, right? And, and hour by hour and the whole, you know, the elephant one bite at a time and just slowly plan something like for me like I, I keep thinking about learning to play the piano mm. right and I've been thinking about this probably for 10 years right <laughs> I've never done anything I haven't even touched the keys <laughs> but I now I think of myself if I just put like 30 minutes or an hour every night into practicing mm-hmm. and just watch YouTube videos I was gonna say YouTube it like, I'd be pretty good at it right? like if I learned how to make shampoo and conditioners yeah. from YouTube and Google you know, <laughs> like anybody cost, can do it like. it doesn't cost any money right it's just time uh, and and commitment. Yeah. So, but you know. no, I mean, and honestly, to me, the biggest part is like literally out of my house in Oklahoma City, like this was born. Yeah. Um, and I I do have to say, like, not to be cocky or anything, but I am confident in saying, like, yeah. uh, I'm proud of myself. Like, <laughs> it, it wasn't an easy fit. Um, but 
you know, like even in Oklahoma where like, I don't know, it doesn't seem like things are usually born or, you know, there's big things happening around here. Um, you know, we, we've made it happen. And I do, I've had a lot of connections outside of Oklahoma that have helped, you know, there's stuff that's going on in California, New York, more on the PR side. But I mean, there's, like I said, with this program that, you know, the, that I'm in Meridian, but there's a big, a lot bigger program than that. Um, there's opportunities available. So it's really cool. Like, I'm just really thankful. Yeah. And in such a short amount of time, right? Like three years is, you know, it's it's not, grand, grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of time. And the work and the effort that you put in, and it's not easy, right? Like it's not easy even if you didn't have kids and you didn't go to school full-time and have a full-time job. Like it's just not easy being a business owner. The fact that you've done all this and put out a quality product, like I don't want to overshadow the fact that this product clearly speaks for itself and it sells because it's, good at what it does it doesn't sell because it's a you know it's sustainability is a buzzword and you just hit the timing at the right point no, no it's the a product's good product. very yeah. good at what it does <laughs> yeah. right and, and you know, you've got 13 line you know 13 different types of products you know it, it's not just this one hit wonder right like people keep coming back they keep buying and you know people listening like there's just so many examples of like you know you can do it it just takes time yeah. and there is support you know? here in Oklahoma yeah, I mean like is, yeah. where we're at now here in yeah. the uh, Thunder Launchpad you know Stitch Crew is home mm-hmm. uh, here Stitch Crew has great programs that they're running um, I'm also like in contact with the Alliance the OKC Progress I mean there's you know last year I was given an award for Oklahoma City's um, oh, I can never remember what the award is and I feel so bad um the entrepreneur of the year, but it was for something specific. I think it was something like Vanguard or something okay. like that. Um, just because of the type of business that I, that, uh, I created, but you know, there's opportunities like they, I think more and more now at Oklahoma is really trying to showcase, yeah. uh, and support small businesses and what we're doing. So yeah. there is opportunity to be had. Yeah, and I mean, if you're around Erica long enough, you're going to do something. Oh, Erica. Right? <laughs> and Chris. Shout out to Erica because she is the best. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And obviously she has similar backgrounds to you growing up. Actually, we like, were from the same city. She's amazing. also, she was also born in Chihuahua. So yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we grew up like right down the street from each other. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been, I, I mean, obviously we kind of stay in touch generally through social media. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in a long time, but usually when I do see her, I think, I need to do more with my life. I could run through a brick wall right now. She, yeah, you know? she makes me want to do all of the things. <laughs> Which is awesome. Uh, so for people listening then, how, what's the what's the social media plugs? Like how do they get to your product? How can they buy your yeah. product? What, how, you know, let's get down to the, the real stuff. Where can they go? Okay, listen, you need to buy Vida Bars. Shampoo and conditioner bars. If you have curly hair, we also have a leave-in conditioner. So, you know, wash day, we're, we're ready for you. You can buy us. Um, the website is thevilabars.com. The Vida Bars. Um, and then you can also find us on socials, the same The Vida Bars, on Instagram, on Facebook. And then my personal brand page is Vida by Pearls. So yeah, find us there. We're send us a DM, email us. You know all of the things. We yeah. we're glad to hear from somebody if they have any questions. They want to know which formula is for them. There's a quiz on our website, but they're always welcome to uh, slide into our DMs. <coughs> As I cough out of into my outro, <laughs> God, I'm gonna edit this podcast so much. Um, thank you, thank you for an hour of your time. <laughs> I can't even get through the outro without coughing. Thank you for everyone listening. Um, I will post the links to everything Anna just mentioned in the description. You can go right there. And if you have curly hair, you need to try this out. Uh, if you have even curly if you hair, don't have curly yeah, hair, there we go. <laughs> I should probably try this out. And I have short hair. Uh, I got you. Oh, there we go. Thank you so much. God, it's awesome. So now I will I will give you a product review on our next podcast. Um, but yes, Anna, thank you so much for for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, um, you know, Launchpad and Erica for having this space for us to record in. Gracias. And yeah, for people listening, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do
And Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them, do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Weihai in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.